Farming is a great way to live. The blue skies, the fall months of bringing in the harvest, the sentimental picture-taking of your children sleeping in the tractor cab. You know, all that crap. Well, you can check that garbage at the door and crack a beer, because we ain't playing on this here podcast. We're the uncles that not only think before we speak, realize it's probably inappropriate, and then say it anyway, because we are the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Now a member of the Global Ag Network. Man, I've been lonely. And I'm sure all of you people out there in Twitterland have been lonely too because you've been missing your daily, well, not daily dose, weekly dose of the Dryline Farmer podcast. Landon, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good, Brent. What do you know? Man, I know that it finally rained. Man, just in time, it was getting a little dry. I was starting to get a little worried we were going to start a new drought, man. We got a, we doubled our total year's precipitation in one weekend. And I'm not talking dirty to you either. That is an actual report. Over five and a half inches at my farm. And I tell you what, we got 80% of the corn out, but we've got 100% of the cotton left to go. So we've got that to look forward to. Landon, you didn't have just the hugest rain in the world, would you? You're about 10 miles away from me. What'd you get? Oh, we got about three inches out at the farm, I think. I haven't been out there to check, but we had had two and a half in town. And I'm pretty sure we had a little bit more out on the farm. Nice. No hail. Not that I know of. Not that I know. Well, I noticed my neighbor, he still got some silage corn. It's still pretty green. It was kind of stripped up there to my south. But my corn's about 19% moisture, and Hereford grain won't take it over 18. So I had to wait and leave and go somewhere else. So thanks a lot there, uh, co-op assistant manager guy thing. Hey, mine's still out in the field too, Brent. Well, yeah. Sh- yeah, sure it is. Yeah, except you're, you always they always take yours at 20 or better. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, always got the inside track. Well, hey, this is episode whatever 43 or something but we've been off for two weeks because we've actually had to work a little bit i know farmers you all you do is collect that check in the mailbox and uh, just go back inside and uh, you know cuddle up next to your wife that just works part-time at the library but uh no we've actually had to work full-time and we had two weeks on and now it looks like we're gonna have at least a week off because there is nothing but water standing in the fields we've got all kinds of moisture laying around cut Man, our county roads were in such good shape. Well, no. No, they weren't. They were in terrible shape. Well, now they're even worse shape, man. <laughs> They've cut gullies. It, it landed. It's I really, really get a kick out of it. When, like, we've got one mile stretch. It's like really good. The bar ditches. Like, I took a video of it and put it on Twitter. And, uh, while we mention Twitter, you you always want to follow us at Trader Brent. That's where you're going to find the Dryline Farmer podcast. That's where the link comes through. And Landon is at no twit landing 44 and we just keep growing on twitter and getting more responses and uh we uh just love to hear from everybody but yeah so i posted that video on twitter there was like a good mile stretch where water was going only down the bar ditches it was pretty sweet it was almost like it was what it was supposed to do but um but it was funny because beyond that mile stretch the other 10 mile stretch kind of sucked so it was real funny when the water would go down the would go down the ditch for a little bit, and then it would just start going down the road because you know the road is lower than the ditches, which seems like it would be the opposite of what you'd want. 
that it was funny because it would go down the road for a little bit, then it would go down to the ditch, and then when it got to an intersection, but right before it got to the culvert where it's supposed to go through, it makes a left turn and then goes right back down the middle of the road again <laughs> because the culvert <laughs> is no longer a culvert. It's it's probably like Mike Leach's arteries after a big day at a nacho stand. I mean, they're <laughs> clogged up like a son of a bitch, but it's really fun. They're really on top of that road work here in Desmith County. I got to tell you, they really need to do something about that, but... We've got, yeah, little one, two and three foot little uh, deep gullies in county roads, and that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but try driving a, a four wheeler down there while you're trying to go check cows and uh, see what you feel like. But, uh, so the rain, yeah, it's, um, our watershed is, uh, not full again, but we went from overnight, I wrote this down, we went from a drought to turd floater status overnight. And we can do a whole episode on what constitutes turd floater status. Uh, do, Landon, do you think there's a gauge where it's got sinkers and floaters? <laughs> well, I've been out, I've been out doing my, some of my own research on on, <laughs> oh, no. on, on a turd. <laughs> I just, thought I heard I'm just kidding. I thought I heard something on the police report earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Landon's manual turd floater uh, measuring stick. <laughs> that that's wrong on a couple levels, but me, me and science. <laughs> yeah, uh, science always wins, but. So yeah, we are back in the saddle again on the on the uh, on the whole rain thing. Unfortunately, it's right during right during harvest, and that's why I put on my Twitter page is like at Trader Brent only gets rain during harvest because that's what happened this year. But nonetheless, um, the the rain came and now we're stopped at a dead still. But I know I guess I really not complained a whole lot because I know you guys up in the Midwest, y'all are just soaking in water and can't get those crops out. And I really feel for you all you folks up there in Canada. Y'all have got. I read somebody, I forgot who it was, but they put on their Twitter page, or maybe it was an official deal out of Canada, there are $5 billion worth of crops in the field sitting under about an inch or two of snow. So I don't feel just all that bad, but, I mean, it doesn't make it any better down here, but there's dang sure worse places you can be in. So we hope you guys thaw out and melt up over there and get all that stuff out of the field and into the bins because we know how hard it is. We're all in this together, like we always say. But before going any further, we need to remind everybody, we kind of forgot the last couple times, especially since it's been two weeks since the last podcast, where you're going to download this thing at. That's, uh, that's what? Apple Podcast, iTunes, that's Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, on our Facebook page, Dryline Farmer Podcast. Uh, we're getting more and more likes on it. And uh, so we'd like to see that action there. And um, like I said, always follow it at our Twitter page. And um, it's always a great place to get it. So this week, we're just kind of in a menagerie. We've been all, we've had all kinds of things to talk about and to think about. And I mean, you know, for this first segment, I, it was funny. I don't know if it's funny. It's kind of like the uh, old adage of people love to see a good wreck. Because I have never gotten any more likes than I've gotten this past week when I posted that picture of our grain cart snapping in half. Man, I tell you what, I could put up five pictures of my cutest sons in the entire world, and I couldn't get as many likes as I did for that grain cart. We've got one of those Kinsey 1050 bushel grain carts, and uh, old Francisco, he was just he was headed to the truck, and um, he I don't know we it was if it was a combination of two things or what, but. He was starting to climb over a little ridge, like a little, oh, maybe 18-inch tall ridge. And these are like five-foot-wide tires. And um, I was in one of the combines, and I was just turned around to start the next round. And all of a sudden, over the radio, I heard, Britt, is Grant Cart broke. And I just like, there ain't no good way around that. <laughs> I was like, what, Francisco? Grant Cart broke. 
Oh no! <laughs> when it's that like when it's that cut and dry, grain cart broke, and there's no <laughs> there is no conjunction verb in the middle. <laughs> you yeah. know something's wrong. You have you have derailed. <laughs> I have derailed. So I pull, I lifted, I pulled up the header and backed out, turned around, and I saw that thing leaning over. And by some miracle, this thing did not spill. I mean, not a kernel of corn. But uh, anyway, so what happened was is the spindle broke going from the over to the axle to the to the hub and um it nobody could blame us for not greasing the wheel bearing because there was just a freaking bucket of wheel grease in this thing so maintenance was not an issue so we're guessing it was a matter of age and of um of uh, maybe of environment with that little ridge but nonetheless we got the thing unloaded and the hardest thing of all was to get that thing blocked up so we got a uh some big old cross ties, and uh, we got our wheel loader. I tell you what, Lana, I don't know. We can't farm without that wheel loader, and, th- and then our forklift especially. So we had the wheel loader. We lifted it up. We finally found some chain spots to chain it up, and then got the forklift. The the grain cart landed. Well, it didn't really land. It, I guess it did. It landed on the tire, so the grain cart was resting on the tire. And like I said, this is like a five-foot-wide tire, about you know six-foot tall. So, I mean, it's a pretty hefty thing. But, um, so we got the, uh, got the truck under it, unloaded it, you know, got our nice, uh, overload permit, you know, we greatly, um, violated that thing, but we got it all unloaded, headed to the, uh, elevator and Hereford Grain rejected the load because it was too hot. No, I'm kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, knowing our luck, they probably would have, but, uh, ooh, that we're watching the ALDS or ALDS right now, Red Sox and, uh, and the Yankees and man, Aaron Judge, God, he's ugly. That you think that dude could fix, uh, you know, get some braces on or something? Jeez! And why do they wear eye black at night games? Because it looks so cute. I get- <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, Cartman. But anyway, uh, I digress. So anyway, we got this thing all. We got it blocked up. That took most of the time, and uh, because the uh, spindle was, like I said, broken. This is like a probably a four and a half inch, maybe almost a five inch diameter spindle. So um, it was part of it was in the wheel and the other part was in the axle. So it actually went too hard. We just uh, the axle just is bolted in. So we just took out one bolt and pulled it out about a foot and knocked it out. So it was actually not too bad. And then the next day we I got the thing overnighted, the spindle overnighted, and this thing got in the next morning. I couldn't believe it, and um, we slapped that thing together and away we went. I'm not gonna say who dropped the hub off the forklift and bent one of the lug studs, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was me, but it could have been. But anyway, so we're one short stud because we couldn't uh, couldn't straighten that thing back out. But nonetheless, we got it all uh, geared back in, thrown back in, and away it went with Francisco. Dented up the side a little bit, but hey, you know, it holds. it's, it's still watertight. But unfortunately, we had a whole lot of water the next day, so um, that set us back about a day. But like I said, we're about 80% done, and... Uh, so uh, and the yields are better than we had uh, that we were fearing after this just epic drought. But anything else other than that, Landon? All your corn still standing and uh, getting ready to be cut, huh? Yeah, it's all still out there. So <clears throat> hopefully it'll be hopefully we get get to it here in the next ten to fourteen days. And um, I've noticed if you look on uh, the weather stations, the Drudge Report, we have the biggest illegal alien headed our way. You need to check out Hurricane Sergio. <laughs> this guy has no visa. He's got no <laughs> he's got no papers. He's got no green card. He doesn't even have a passport. This guy is coming in unwelcome. This is I think this is the first time I can ever remember, at least until I started paying attention to hurricane cones, you know, the prediction cones. 
We are right in the dead center of this prediction cone. I don't think I've ever seen the Texas Panhandle in the in the uh, direct line of a, of a of a hurricane cone. It was coming right over the Baja. It's coming right over the Baja, and then it's going across that little uh, Gulf again, and then it's going to come all the way across Mexico, El Paso, come right across over Amarillo, unless you know things change and it turns a, a direction. But right now, it's like on a straight line, man. This thing is like Santa Ana. We're going to be screaming, "Remember the Alamo!" By the thing this thing arrives. So um, Sergio's headed our way. I don't think it's a real big guy, but um, and also they got what Hurricane Michael, and that's coming up the Gulf Coast. I think it's is it a coincidence that the East Coast has Michael and the Desert Southwest has Sergio? That's Landon's nodding his head. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's afraid to say something like he's going to get called by a Lulac or something. But uh, you know, at this day and age, they're going to Kavanaugh Landon. So you, you remember the good old days when hurricanes could only be named after women? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there was Florence, and we know how Hurricane Flo turned out. <laughs> she more than overstayed her welcome. That's all I can say. But um, I, I'm talking to all you East Coast folks there, but. Landon, we've got a Dan Glee is making a return appearance. He's going to be doing our advertising this uh, for this episode. He's down here at the Big Lake Cattle Mart, and he's got his own set of pro- well, not his protesters. He's got protesters on the lot there at the Big Lake Cattle Mart, and I don't know. He says they're protesting rain or something. I figured they'd be protesting like you know animal rights deal or something. But he's here. Also, Radar Ricardo is doing. He did. He's doing a report from. One of our fields, I think, and this is right after it rains, so this is a pretty... Uh, I don't even know if he gives us a forecast. He just tells us what he's doing that day. So him and Diego are getting into trouble. We'll hear about them in the next <laughs> segment. I don't know. It's a free-for-all, but wait for all of it right after this. From Dan Glee and the text message from my phone <laughs> right after this. Who's brought this idea? Was it for me to record an ad spot right here in the middle of a damn mass demonstration of these crazy people? Put that damn goat down, you crazy bastard! Hey, hey, sorry about that, Brent. Hey, this is Dan Glee down here at the Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. Hadn't heard from you for in a while, Brent, but we're here back on the ad. We finally got our we got our checks balanced and all that good stuff, and we're here to bring you the best damn deals on a set of cattle you can ask for, Brent. But in the meantime, there is a mass demonstration of protest going down down there here at Big Lake, Texas, and Brent. I gotta tell you, the Big Lake Cattle Mart and the uh, officers and the constable, they ain't really set up for this kind of thing. You know, it's a little different protest this time. You know, over here the last couple years, people have been protesting three things, and they're all peas. People, they've been protesting policy, and here as of late, they've been protesting penises. Now, Brent, I don't know what that's all about. I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't stand it no more. Well, Brent, they're adding a whole nother paradigm. That's another P. You know what the P they're adding this time in the protesting? is precipitation. That's right. These stupid sons of bitches are just looking at the sky, getting rained on and screaming at it. Just And you'd think they'd be drowning by now because they got their, you know, their mouth wide open and it's like, ah, and they're screaming and it's raining on them. Well, it doesn't even, it's just kind of sprinkling really here. I mean, they don't rain much here in Big Lake, but they're doing it in solidarity with all the Midwesterners trying to get these damn crops out, Brent. And uh, so, yeah, I can't hardly, but I mean, you know, in solidarity, you know, there's no there's no violence been going on yet. I mean, they kind of had to whip a couple of people in the ass with a hot shot. But, you know, of course, of course as always, the battery was out. You know, Brent, you try to work cattle and the battery was out. Well, hey, Brent, wait, I got I to gotta get to our inventory we got on. Because, I mean, the whole point of this, yeah, dang, you settle down, damn, them damn bull haulers. I tell you what, Brent, they ain't got a lick of damn sense. But, you know, if they run over a protest or two, I got to be honest with you, it ain't just going to really hurt my feelings a whole lot, but... 
nonetheless, we got heifers, we got steers, we got coal, cows, and bulls, which I know only one outfit's going to be buying them. I mean, who buys coal, you know, coal, cows, coal, bull, other than the processor, but... Brent, we all, but not only do we have cattle, we got sheep, we got goats, we got brawlers, we got laying hens, Brent. Hell, you bring a damn dog down here and we'll probably put it on the bottom of the market for you. And you know what, as always, Brent, we'll market the piss out of that damn livestock for you, Brent. People won't ever, they won't leave Big Lake without some kind of livestock. They might be in a damn Prius or a Volkswagen bug. By God, they're going to have a damn five-weight heifer in the back seat of that son of a bitch, Brent. That's how good we are down here at Big Lake, Texas. You come on down and visit us. Don't mind. Hopefully, we'll have all these protesters cleaned up and the damn signs all out burned and out of the way, Brent. I mean, I don't know what the hell they think's gonna good they're gonna do to you know protest, yell at the damn rain, you know, Brent. That's kind of like yelling at your wife to you know go get you a burger or something. Hey, Brent, I gotta go force you with my ass. This is Dan Lee in Big Lake, Texas. It's a Big Lake cattle mart. Hey, man. Oh yeah, man. I'm just floating and doing that. That's so. Hey, Vato, man. Hey, this is Reno Ricardo de la Serio, bringing you the, the Dryland Farmer Podcast weather update. Hey, bra, Capro, check it out. I'm out in your cotton field. Hey, listen, listen. That's the water rushing down your cotton plants, Vato, man. It's all, you got like crazy rain, Vato, man. It's, 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 hey, hey, Capro, hey. Hey, hey, Vato, man. You're all Diego's over there, man. He's all he's all just kind of lounging in a in an inner tube, man. Vato. Hey, man, he's going down your gap row, man. It's like a 50-inch gap row, man. You're like on 30s. I mean, I mean, who who's planting your stuff, Vato? I mean, it's all white and stuff. Wait, well, hey, I mean, I guess you already know, Vato. I mean, the forecast is all like wet. I know you got like most of your corn out and everything, but man, Vato, you still got some out left, and you gotta have to mud it. You're gonna have to like muck it out, Vato. It's gonna be all crazy. You're gonna have to be like changing axles and. Probably screwing up your joints. I saw that picture of your great car, Bato. Man, it all broke at the spindle like all in half. And man, I, I saw you got it like back in the day, man. That's pretty. That's a pretty good turnaround, Bato. Man, you think you kind of got busted at the end with the FedEx guy, huh? Huh? Ah, that wasn't a very good one. Huh? Huh? Ah. Anyway, Bato, the forecast, man. You know it's cloudy and gloomy and everything. Would you get like, Bato? You get like four to five inches, Bato, and it's not even over yet, man. It's still gonna be like, oh, Bato. Hey, man. Hey. I, I, what? Man, he ran into the sprinkler again, Vato, man. Hey, don't, don't enter too much text, Vato. It's, it's, it's dangerous. Hey, well, anyway, Vato, uh, this week's, uh, I don't know who this week's sponsor is. I mean, I've been out here in your cotton field, like, like, lounging all week. And, uh, man, I just, we're kind of like, can't, we're not catching any sun because it's, like, all cloudy and everything. But we're, like, we, we got, like, shackets on. But, hey, whoever the sponsor is, I'm sure they're great. Global Act Network. Go, y'all. Well, thanks, Ricardo, for that report. I really appreciate you being on location, even if it is in the middle of a cotton field of mine that is a standing in water after all this big rain we've got. But nonetheless, you did show up, so uh, your check is in the mail. We finally decided, Landon and I, what we're going to talk about. We There's just so many deals we've thought about over the last couple of weeks since we've been off the air, and um, this is what we came to the conclusion to. If you, I know all of you got your free copy of the September edition of Farm Journal because I don't, ha, Landon. How do these magazine companies make any money? Because I don't pay for one. The only thing I've ever paid for is Golf Magazine, and when I stop paying for it, I stop getting the uh, stop getting the copies of it. But I still get Farm Journal, Progressive Farmer. Uh, what else, Landon? Um, Farm Future. Farm Futures is a little more stingy. You, they uh, they give you like a couple promotional um, episodes. They give you a couple promotional. Um, editions and then they uh, you know you've got like what 
10 to 15 of those like cards they insert in like every other page and they all fall out. But uh, so yeah, what Farm Futures, that's a popular one, Landon. Come on, the co I know not the Hereford Grain Co op magazine, but the Desmith Electric Co op, they send out a magazine every month. But I guess we do pay for that. So you get all, and uh, since we're talking about magazines, you need to check out Ag Now magazine. It's a new online magazine. And um, we had a, I had a, a article in it here a few months ago. Um, talked about, what did we talk about? I don't know. Look it up. You need to look it up. I'm not going to tell you just everything. But magazines, they're great. Well, Farm Journal, the September edition, has got the big cover story in big, bold letters, Meatless Meat. And it landed, it says, what's the what's the sideline? What's the uh, subtitle of it? Protein disruptors pack a punch. And a protein disruptor is what? Is that where you need like a catheter or something? It looks like you're eating brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, and I'm sure everybody's got your magazine, so uh, we might put this in the uh, in the uh, link when we drop this thing. But um, they've got these three little petri dishes, and they've got like cookie cutter cutouts. One of a steer, one of a hog, and one of a chicken. And um, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to get. I guess they think everything's just manufactured now. But what really cracks me up about this whole article before we even get into the meat of it, hey-o, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the uh, the people that are pushing lab-grown meat. I mean, obviously, it's not meat. These people are all the whole crowd of the non-GMO, no pesticides, all organic, all natural stuff. And now, all of a sudden, they're calling for laboratory-grown meat. I mean, these are the same people that, you know, hate, you know, coal energy and all that, you know, so-called dirty energy. But and um, like nuclear is like the cleanest thing they can ask for. And yet they're even against that, too. But, you know, nonetheless, what are you going to do after the last after this whole confirmation thing at Kavanaugh? I mean, everything's out the window. But nonetheless, meatless meat, it doesn't make any sense. The a little subtitle of this picture, it says the hunt is on for tasty replacements based on plants Algae, insects, and methane, or lab meat, essentially born of a petri dish. Landon, what do you think mustard would go good on that? What I mean, what kind of sauce would you put on that? Yeah, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of mustard. <laughs> I, I love mustard. It also goes on to say, could a meatless revolution? Do you think a meatless revolution, Landon, could curb your cravings of a nine hundred billion dollar plus billion? Boy, they can't write for nothing. Could a meatless revolution curb the cravings of a nine hundred plus billion dollar global real meat market? Do you think that would curb your craving, Landon? Uh, no. That's like saying McDonald's billions and billions served. It's like Seinfeld said, "Okay, I'll have one." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's one of his classic lines. So you know, it goes in. It says by Farm Journal editors. I don't know what parents name their kid Farm Journal editors, but they must not like their kid very much. Investors are banging for a bite of fake boy. They're trying to get that alliteration in there. Investors are banging for a bite of fake meat. I hope we're recording, Landon. Okay, we're good. We're recording. Okay, I can't put all my windows up because I only got one monitor now in this basement deal. Investors are banging for a bite of fake meat, seasoned with a dash of old school capitalism, a pinch of market savvy. Oh, I'm, there's a pinch of something going on, and a touch of moral purity. Alternative lab-grown, plant-based. In vitro or whatever meat title is the choice of the hour, world demand for meat alternatives is expected to hit 5.8 billion by 2026. Landon, this also reminds me of another uh, Seinfeld line: the meatless meat. It's like the uh, it's like the uh, seedless watermelons. It's like how do they grow seedless watermelons? Did, they don't have the melons humping now, do they? <laughs> uh, he's my hero. And it goes on to say, big money has attracted big players such as ADM Cargill and Tyson. 
Two years ago, Tyson Foods, uh, the $38 million protein behemoth, lots Tyson Adventures, committing $150 million to invest in partnerships with various food startups focused on sustainability and technology. Meat, what does it say to you, Landon, that meat companies are pushing for an investment in meatless meat technology? Well, I think it means that they know that this is going to have probably a small impact, but an, but an impact nonetheless. Yeah. So they're going to be a part of it. And... uh if you didn't notice there, there was a little a little sense of seriousness in Landon's comments there, um, which brings me... The reason I say that is because here a few days ago, there was a guy giving all us ag podcasters, and uh, you're going to find the best ag podcasters on the Global Ag Network, mind you. But he was giving us all hell about how everybody's got a podcast now, and everybody wants their voice heard, and everybody wants to make a point and change the world. Well, let me be the first to tell you on this here podcast... We have no intention of making any points whatsoever. We have no intention of changing the world. We All we can do is to make our mothers and our in-laws completely be embarrassed that they have any meat or otherwise blood relation to us at all. That's all we're after. We have no, <laughs> we have no aim of making any contribution to the world. Absolutely not. All we're doing is taking up bandwidth and storage space on, on, on our servers. But that's why we're going to say, that's why we're going to give you a few of the synonyms we think are the same as meatless meat. And, um, you know, Landon kind of came up with this one off the air. It's like, you know, it's kind of like meatless meat would be like the world without the United States of America. I mean, the, the world would probably be like some oblong shaped piece of garbage, you know, that's ruled by. I don't know, centipedes and Ant-Man. A flat piece of garbage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flat earth. I saw a deal on the flat earth people. It's like, I, I followed this deal on Facebook. It's called What If? And it said, what if the world, the, world, the world was flat? Like, we wouldn't have any seasons. You know, we'd all, like, fry. And, like, we'd never have days and nights. It'd all be, like, one day all the time. But, nonetheless, it's a pretty cool deal. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of like a world with the USA. Landon, uh, give give us one here. Well, I've got a couple. I think it'd kind of be like like rain on your wedding day, <laughs> or maybe it would be like the good advices that you just can't take. Pretty well, much, pretty much anything. Sounds familiar. Pretty much anything that Alanis Morissette was singing about on that crappy <laughs> ironic song. You know that 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 song got me into not listening just to country music. I remember I had this like three hundred and forty pound <laughs> English teacher my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> and I remember we, her. And uh, well, this wasn't this wasn't Miss Z. That was this, no. this was a different Miss Parks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all, I mean, I think I know where she got the last name Parks from because. <laughs> It was from the Parks and Recreation, I think. <laughs> we were, this is one of those women, we all figured if she lost like two people's worth of fat, she would have been like a really good looking lady. I mean, she had the, kind of had the face and the chins, you know, to kind of go with it and everything. But man, poor lady was just freaking, man, she was supersized. So, I mean, so Brent, are you saying this was like a recreationalist park <laughs> <laughs> it was a recreation and she was single you know i mean it's not like any of us guys were trying to do the whole uh you know the thing that all the teachers seem to do or you know not all the teachers all the hot young blonde teachers seem to do single blonde teachers seem to do with their 16 year old sophomore students but i digress so yeah you know alana s'more said ironic she i remember she played that song and um i'm like where where's the steel guitar at yeah. <laughs> but uh I can't help but say, meatless meat, wouldn't that kind of, 
Wouldn't that kind of be like sex without a vagina? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't imagine it being otherwise, but I'm, you know, it kind of seems like something I wouldn't want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, Brent, I, I think it would kind of be like not using it and losing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about the worst of both worlds. Not only yeah. do you not get to use it, but you also lose it at the same time. <laughs> that that would be a devastating a turn of events in, in a person's young life. <laughs> not losing it and not using it and still losing it. <laughs> oh man, what else, Landon? I, I know one thing, and this goes to our friends over there, those chicks over there at the Girls Talk Ag podcast. It's also on the Global Ag Network. It it would be like a taco with ketchup on it. Landon, I know you're not a, ta- a ketchup taco guy. Are you a taco ketchup guy? No, but I am a Taco Tuesday guy. Taco, is... and th- ironically, that's when uh, that's when we record this thing. Maybe you ought to start bringing tacos. But no, Angie Setzer, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Now you said you were making chicken tacos, so you weren't putting ketchup on those. So I guess that's kind of you got that going for you. I know you were uh, putting that on in your Twitter page today, but From no crockpot or something, wasn't it? Uh, was she crockpotting it? That would be like. <laughs> a pot without the crock that didn't make any sense no but yeah a taco with ketchup would be like meatless meat but you know going back to the story here let's see what it says it says meat consumption is climbing across the globe and is projected to continue a sharp rise in conjunction with a world population on pace for 9.6 billion by 2050 you know how many petri dishes that would take to fit to feed 9.6 billion people in 2050 i guess they would have to make the petri dishes bigger maybe you think yes <laughs> they'd have to have a petri dish with an actual cow in there but yeah but they can't because that would be real meat that well no that well that's true that and it would be a cruelty to animals i would think but you know nonetheless but it goes on to say ultimately alternative meat might be a complement but not a substitution if anything meat meatless meat would be one thing it would not would be would be a compliment to anything it would be an insult at the very best but it said it might be a compliment and this is coming from texas a&m so you know take it for what it's worth but uh, a compliment, not a substitution to the overall meat market. Uh, extension meat specialist at A&M believes alternative meat demand will ascend in tandem with real meat demand. Both industries can maintain and grow. There is a younger generation trying new foods for a mixed bag of reasons, and the reality is they don't always have big loyalty to meat products. Said, so, can you imagine, Landon... <laughs> I know a lot of people have a hard enough time going into McDonald's and uh, Mr. Burger and then and anticipating on what kind of meat they're going to get. We always joke about it being fake meat. What about like the Chinese restaurants? I mean, we always joke about being like Weimaraner, you know, some retriever, you know, wontons to go on the side of it. I mean, how much more skeptical is the public going to be when they start seeing, you know, you know, they always have pictures of the food on the menus. Are they going to start like having pictures of like Bunsen burners and Petri dishes? Yeah, they need to have a picture of, of the laboratory it came from. Yeah, I know. Mm. Instead of the farm where the cattle were raised or the corn was grown. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this meat was lovingly grown at the corner of Avenue Q and 77th Street right next to the Whataburger. It's like that. There's an episode of Portlandia where they're ordering a chicken and they have like the background well this chicken's name was hermit or whatever and <laughs> he was actually raised just up the road and they're like well we kind of want that but we're first can we go see the place where he was raised to see if he had a good life and <laughs> yeah. yeah or like going to the seafood restaurant where they got the lobsters right there in the <laughs> yeah yeah right there in the tank yeah. and uh, i mean if you really think about it you stop and think who's it gonna be you're fixing to sit down with the first date on your blind date, and all you're doing is playing the executioner. Which one of you has the largest claws? Well, what are they going to do? They're going to take you into a lab and then pick out. It's like, 
which Petri dish is going to be mine today? Which little protein of DNA and carbohydrates am I going to feed this woman? It's like the waiter, the waiter's giving you the whole rundown of, of that week's uh, uh, catch of the day. It's like, we have a nice amino acid from 1987 that we really like to push this week. It goes great with a great set of uh, B enzymes and uh, vitamin B12 you know, tablets to go with it. Would you like your mineral water out of the drainage of our roof today? <laughs> it's got a nice mix of uh, leaves and squirrel turds in it. <laughs> it's a real nice compliment to the meatless meat uh, parfait that we have for dessert for you. But so, yeah, um, it goes on towards the end of the article. It just kind of talks about how really it's just going to be a small little niche market. And uh, God, you would hope so. Um, but, it, you know, it has a little some more, no more subtitles. The meatless meat brings changes, opportunities to row crop farmers. Well, Landon, that's us. They have one quote that says, I think the livestock market will continue to grow for a while because U.S. per capita meat consumption is at an all-time high. Meat consumption is soaring in Asian countries and others the U.S. exports too. Uh, okay, Landon, at the end of this article, um, it says, Beyond Meat... A large, the name of this manufacturer is Beyond Meat, a large manufacturer of plant-based meats, recently won non-GMO certification. Uh, how is that possible, Landon? If anything's genetically modified, it's got to be something that's not a meatless meat. Wouldn't you think so? Says they use unique proteins just beyond the traditional wheat and soybeans of the past, such as pea proteins. So in the travels of this guy's uh, company, he sees she, he's seeing shifts in consumer eating preferences, which only confirms a movement toward plant-based proteins. Okay, Landon, here you go. They are flexitarians. The flexitarian movement is the movement in the history of human diet change. Sounds like the people in uh, The Walking Dead, to be honest with you. <laughs> the zombies. The zombies, yeah. They're flexitarians. Instead of looking, it, cl- it closes the article with saying, instead of looking to traditional protein sources, and normal protein sources, such as hamburgers, consumers are reaching for fewer red meats and more vegetables and a little chicken. Landon, I, I'm going to go ahead and call bull crap on this because have you been to Walmart lately? Have you seen your English teacher in the last couple weeks? Uh, those those people are knocking back red meats like they're popsicles in a, in a freaking jungle session. Wait, did you say pea protein? Oh, P-E-A. P-E-A protein. This isn't like that rain gauge that you put on your Twitter post today where it looked like, you know, I couldn't tell if it was a pale ale or, you know, a urine sample. I was just trying to keep things positive. Yeah, Yeah. that rain gauge is really getting sudsy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're going to close it there. We are glad everybody's back and listening to the Dryland Farmer podcast once again. We hope to be back. Well, actually, to be honest with you, hopefully we'll be back in the field next week, even though, I don't know, it's going to might be a long shot. But nonetheless, we hope you've enjoyed and keep uh, downloading this thing. And don't forget the other podcasts on the Global Ad Network, Girls That Talk Ag and uh, Clay Conroy, Working Cows Podcast, Topsoil, and um, all those other great guys. But until next time, Landon, we're going to head out and hopefully we'll be in the field in a few days. And if not, all you guys hang together, we'll get that crop out eventually. And we're going to ask you each and every week, what side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast brought to you by... You, you get that off that damn seat right now before I rip it half. Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. You come on down now. We'll market that piss out of them cattle for you. The Dryline Farmer Podcast, all right, reserved 2018.